In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 31. Andrew and Jerry are tanned, rested, and ready, at least more or less ready. Uh, Hey there, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm Andrew Langer. He's Jerry Rogers. Uh, We're both back from vacation. Uh, and b- before we get started, I want to thank you all. We've we've had some really great uh, download numbers uh, for the last several episodes. So thank you all for that. Please uh, tell your friends, tell your family members, tell your friends, family members, uh, tell your enemies and your enemies, family members to go and, and listen to Andrew and Jerry save the world or watch us uh, on YouTube. Jerry, uh, you had a you had a good uh, a good vacation, good break from the hustle and bustle of DC. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I, you don't really get a break, right? You know. Yeah. Recently, I I, uh, I posted a piece over at Real Clear Health about how Americans are more stressed out now than uh, than ever. Even even you know comparing uh, to historical times like the Great Depression, World War II, the height of the civil rights uh, movement, Americans today are super stressed. And the problem is, or the reason is, is that. Twenty uh, four hour news cycle follows yeah. us regardless of where we are. Even this morning, um, you know, I'm reading about the president's um, illegal, reckless uh, student loan plan, and I am just struck by how so many people are ill-informed and and they think this is a good thing, and and the rest of it, not understanding that, you know, the inflationary pressure, what this will do to college, uh, college moving forward. And also the biggest issue, and that is the president has no authority. I say all this, Hold on, not uh, to jump, not to jump. Start, yeah. But to say all those issues followed me to the beach. Uh, and, and I don't. And yeah. And I don't I don't doubt that. You know, it's it's funny because I don't want to talk a little bit about my vacation in a second. But have you have you heard of this term? And I'm, I don't know if I'm understanding it correctly, but I believe the term is called quiet quitting. Have you heard this? I have not. And it's the idea for folks who are in normal jobs. I'll admit this. Jerry and I are not in normal jobs. We, we are we are sort of we have multiple gigs and these multiple gigs take up ever increasing amounts of our time. Um, but it's folks who are in sort of your normal corporate gigs who are also on call 24 seven and they throw up their hands and they say, you know something, forget it. You know, when I'm not in the office, I'm not in the office. You know, I am not reachable. I'm putting down my cell phone. Uh, I'm no longer at a point where I'm going to say, "Hey, I'm in some place where uh, I have intermittent, uh, you know, internet service." I'm just going to say, "Hey, I'm on vacation. I'm not going to answer any calls while I'm gone." Um, and I guess this term is being called "quiet quitting," uh, as as opposed to people just sort of taking uh, uh, control over their lives. It sounds um, very it sounds very European to me. I, you know, Eric and I went to to Germany years ago, and I was amazed at how many stores closed down at the height of what should be shopping. Yes. And it was, you know, they were at lunch or they were doing whatever. And I thought so the, the Spanish siesta. Yeah. But uh, English tea break. And it, it bothers me, you know, because, because I'm on call because there might be a, 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 a news event happening or whatever. Uh, when I try to reach someone and I get the uh, I'm sorry, I'm on vacation email back. I'm like, are you kidding me? 
You have text, you have email. No, you have all these things. I think, listen, I think part of this part, Jerry, part of your stress is, you know, and is that you, you need to be, you need to be able to shut down. You need, no, you live. No, we chose, we chose this lifestyle. That's like saying, Andrew, celebrities uh, want to be left alone. I under, they no, don't. No, no. You oh, entered, you okay. entered the field. I think that's something. Yeah, I, I, I guess I think that's something a little bit different, but, but I think Jerry, the reality is. You're right. It's a lifestyle that we've chosen, but I, it pains me. It hurts me that you were not able to go and relax on your vacation. Oh, I, I relaxed. I had fun. But but however, the, again, you and I chose to be in the uh, ideas factory. Yeah, you know, the, this you know is something. our choice. I, I could go sell umbrellas on the beach somewhere I've if been, I want no, to. No, no, no. But I, you know something? I've I've been in situations. I've 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 had vacations, if not outright ruined, come close to ruining because I couldn't leave DC behind me. You know, my wife and I did a trip for our 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 fortieth birthdays, and and it was right after I'd been ambushed by um, um, a New York Times reporter who was doing a hit piece on me and Institute for Liberty. And hi, Charlie. Um, and here, come on up, buddy. And as we say this, I got a dog who's very needy today. Um, and and I spent the entire vacation. You know, every day I would spend a little bit of time checking emails or checking the internet to see if this hit piece had come out. And it didn't. It didn't actually come out until a couple of weeks after the vacation was over. Um, I, listen, I, I, I disconnected, you know, largely while I was on vacation. Um, I felt the need to. We had a lot that was going on. It was the last vacation before Abigail was going off to college. Um, and, 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 you know, and the only thing even remotely work-related, I don't want to say this because I, I do want to get into the, the meat and, and potatoes of what we're talking about today. Um, we had a lovely, lovely dinner. I, I know I mentioned this to you, Jerry. Um, the only thing that I, the only way I didn't get disconnected, by the way, right, was, was that I did call Jerry three times yeah. and texted him. Let me, let me just say this too. And, and this is not a, 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 a pushback or a brushback pitch to you, but I find that the only people who can disconnect are folks who are just independently, independently wealthy, uh, or have gigs that allow them to, if I shut off totally, I lose clients. No, I lose I, money. I, yeah, I, and I, I can't, I, I can't pay for a vacation. I no, I understand this, Jerry, but I just, it, it, again, it's, it's about, it's about, it is about choices and, and, you know, yeah, it's it, anyway, it, it, again, and the left, I tell you what, the left doesn't, doesn't shut down on vacation. I mean, that's oh, no, but that, that's because Jerry, that's because their vacations are all about their own wokeness. But my point <laughs> is, we had, a, we had a lovely, we had a lovely, lovely dinner one night with uh, with uh, Julian Morris and and Kendra Okonski, Kendra, who used to work with us at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Julian, who did some work with CEI, uh, but then uh, Kendra and Julian went and and took over the in, uh, the uh, International Policy Network uh, at, at one point in time. And so I want to want to do a shout out to Kendra and Julian. Uh, again, tell you what, Jerry, because we're, we, you, you wanted to tee this up and we got to get into this. Uh, let's go to uh, Ripped from the Headlines. Ripped from the Headlines. So there is a lot to talk about in the headlines, but of course, the most important issue is this issue of the of the student loan uh, forgiveness uh, debacle, the the transfer of wealth that uh, that the president of the United States announced yesterday. Um, and interestingly enough, right, Jerry? Uh, we have both the the Washington Post and uh, the Wall Street Journal on the same page in, in writing headlines that were not uh, uh, the same, but at least coming from the same perspective, both of them saying that this was a bad move on the part of the president of the United States. 
Well, yeah, but the Wall Street Journal's position is that it's illegal and reckless. The Washington Post position is is that uh, uh, politically, perhaps, this isn't the smartest thing to do, right? No, no, no. But the Washington Post also said that it's reckless, that it, that, that this massive amount of spending, while we're talking about the inflation, I'll pull it up, uh, is is you know not not warranted. It's a it's a bad it's a bad move uh, at a time when uh, Americans can see through the craven cynicism of the political move by the Biden administration. Sure. Uh, but no, they also said that it was that it was a foolhardy from a policy perspective as well, which. Well, I mean, again, hats off then to The Washington Post. It's interesting. Um, uh, the Post then has two good pieces today, you know, and this is somewhat connected. The the midterms, you know, there, there were some there were some uh, uh, midterm primaries rather uh, this past uh, uh, this past week, this past Tuesday. And there was, of course, this race up in New York, uh, New York's uh, 19th congressional district, yeah. where the Republican lost, uh, and he lost by one and a half percent, yes, two percent. Where Biden had won by one and a half, two percent, and everyone is saying this is a bellwether, uh, and we can talk, talk about this later because sure. uh, I have I I have a tendency to think that the Republicans have blown it, that everything was baked in in the late spring, and now because of their uh, lack of lack of uh, 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 messaging fortitude. Yeah, I think that I think I think it's now up in the air whether or not they take over the House of Representatives. I had, I, but let me just I, make this real quick yeah. point. Everyone said that that one race, the 19th, is significant because it shows that Democrats are going to retain the House, except for a piece by Henry Henry Olson in The Washington Post, where Henry said that, yeah, Republicans took a hit in the 19th. Uh, but everywhere else in the country, they did they did they did pretty well. Um, my point is, is that uh, the Biden administration, the progressives are advancing their agenda and Republicans and conservatives are not. And right. you can't beat something with nothing. Well, and, and this is this is just it. Right. I mean, it, and I had a conversation with a longtime D.C. hand yesterday who was lamenting in the same way that you're lamenting these things, Jerry. And he said to me. You know, instead of winning 35 seats, you know, Republicans are going to win five. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's going it's, it's to it's looking a, more it's more it's going to be it's looking more likely that they pick up. Yeah, they pick up between five and ten. Look, I said I said in April and I meant this right. uh, or May when I had on uh, our friend Brian Darling on, yeah. on 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 with me on WBAL. I, I I it was possible that this could have been a wave of 60 seats. Right. And they, they, the Republicans are absolutely blowing it. Well, I think, well, no, I listen, I think the Republicans are blowing it, but I also think that the Democrats are, are being shameless and relentless in all of this. And it's part of the reason why I've said, and I want to play this clip in a second from Nancy Pelosi from back in April. Um, you know, this is one of those areas in which the Democrats having or the progressives having control of the media. Um, it, it, this is part of what's, what's playing all of this out. And the Democrats have, played their played America like a fiddle. I mean, it, it really is amazing here. Um, so part of this, part of this, to me, this uh, uh, student loan forgiveness or the wealth transfer, however we want to call it, part of this is about, right, it's about giving a Lulu to a bunch of folks in Generation Z. But I think Biden knows that he's on very shaky uh, legal ground with this, that if they are able to find somebody withstanding, if, if someone withstanding is able to challenge this, uh, the Supreme Court would most likely overturn it. Um, but the reality is that, and that gets into this, 
the, you know, what, what all of this opposition does, and this doesn't mean we shouldn't fight it, but all, what all of this opposition does is it hands Democrats uh, and their, and their um, echo chamber in the media the talking point that Republicans are heartless. And again, this is me saying, well, yes, I think you're absolutely right because yeah. Republicans are morons. Yes. And the thing is, is you can communicate this uh, and, 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 and actually portray Democrats as heartless because here's the bottom line. Right. Uh, this, this, this transfer of wealth, this loan forgiveness, right? It's not really forgiveness. It's really having others pay your debt for you, right. but regardless, right. Uh, this student loan proposal uh, will increase college costs. So I have an eight-year-old. Uh, my youngest is eight. Erica and I will pay more in college tuition because of this proposal. Right. And here's why, right? Remember, uh, Barack Obama, it's amazing how two men have done so much damage in, so, in such little time, uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Barack Obama got rid of the middleman, so to speak, in terms of college loans. Right. He, he said, let's expand opportunity, expand college education opportunities, and let's just handle federal government, handle student loans directly. And since then, since Obama allowed the feds to take over student loans, college costs have gone up 60%. Yeah. Right. So 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 college inflation is is massive and yeah. it's because of the student loan program. Now well, it, it's now Joe Biden comes along and says we're going to forgive right. ten to twenty thousand dollars. Well, again, what's that going to do to college costs? It's going to raise college costs in the future. That, that's exactly it. I had a conversation with Inez Stepman yesterday from the Independent Women's Forum on the air. We were talking about about this issue. You know, you go back and you look at the data and yes, the federal takeover of student loans has a huge uh, uh, impact on all of this. But the, the reality is that since 1985, uh, the cost of college has somewhere between uh, tripled and quadrupled. Uh, and and it, it far outstrips anything else uh, in yeah. terms of, of inflation. Um, I, I, this- I, I graduated from university college, uh, from Fordham University in 1991. And my last year at Fordham... I, I was paying $15,000 tuition plus room plus, you know, plus the food program, everything else, everything, all, all told was $15,000 today. Fordham is closer to $80,000. It, it, yeah, it's, it, 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 you know, it, it's, it is, it is amazing, you know, how, how we're looking at these things. So let's, let me play this clip. So, you know, one of the things that struck me, because I remember Nancy Pelosi saying this back in April. Uh, back in April, Nancy Pelosi said the following, and I have this up for those of you who are watching the show. Um, it, it's it 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 is a contrast uh, from town hall between what Nancy Pelosi said in April and uh, what Nancy Pelosi said yesterday in a tweet. Here, here's what she had to say. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. People- and so, so that's Nancy Pelosi back in April, and then and then she tweets out yesterday, uh, "POTUS uh, bold action is a strong step in Democrats' fight to expand access. I love this to expand access to higher education by delivering historic targeted d- student debt relief to millions of borrowers. More working families will be able to meet their kitchen table needs as they recover from the pandemic. I mean, so much wrong in that tweet, Jerry. 
But know. you know, let, let's starting with start with the idea. Let me let me stop the, the share here. And, and, uh, and just for, just just so a lot of our listeners might not even know. Here here's yeah. the bottom line. The bottom line is is that if you applied for a loan prior to June 30th of this year, you are eligible. If yeah. you applied for a student loan after June 20, 30th of this year, you're not eligible. If you're going to college next year or the year after, you're not eligible. Um, also, if you if your parents um, uh, took out these loans, they may not be eligible. My point is, is that this is really geared uh, towards graduate school uh, yes. uh, uh, loans. And the bottom line is, uh, is that uh, it's 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 $125,000 individual, but it's a quarter million, it's a quarter million, $250,000, a quarter million dollars. Uh, uh, so my point is, this is not relief for the poor. This is a, this is like you said to begin the show. This is, this is a, this is a uh, political attempt to win votes from Generation Z from yes. or, or or millennials. I wouldn't uh, even say millennials because I think millennials are roundly a lot of a lot of those millennials are so far along in, in having their loans paid for and they've paid so much into them. Um, it, it also is this too. Yeah. This this isn't going to happen prior to the uh, November elections. And you're right. Uh, this is. Yeah. On its face, illegal. The president has zero authority. Essentially, what the president did was he's using the fact that we have a COVID uh, health emergency uh, as as a as a uh, as a legal means to declare this uh, this executive order. Uh, if it's challenged, it will it will be struck down. I predict unanimously by the Supreme right. Court. By the well, way, I don't I don't think it'll be unanimous. But but but, th- this, but this is the this is the other part of it. It right? ought to be. Yeah. yeah, it ought to be. But this is the other part of it, right? Again, getting into what I'm calling this rope-a-dope. And, and again, it doesn't mean you shouldn't challenge us. But right, the Supreme Court is going to strike this down. So, and it's going to be maybe, um, you know, listen, as I said, it could be 9-0. But let's say it's 6-3 again. Yeah. What was that? A year from now. A year from now. Court, but yeah, my yeah. point is, right? So it's a year from now. So we're in 2025. Or I'm sorry, we're in 2023. We're about to go into 2024, the full election cycle. The primaries are going to heat up, and the Democrats are going to use the Supreme Court striking down this this move, uh, the student loan forgiveness. They're going to use it to. Um, uh, they're going to use it in, in, as, as part of their election. Whoever whoever yeah. runs, you know, if, but, if it's anyway. So it, right, it's but, just, it, yeah, sorry, but, go ahead. But but for me, the bottom line is this: because um, I had a uh, I had a uh, I you know I've had conversations about this, and there I mean look, there are very good people who are like, wow, this is this is, this is a big help, ten thousand dollars, and 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 there's a lot of misinformation. The bottom line for our for our listeners is this: number one, it's not legal. Number one, number two, it is reckless in terms of inflation. Yeah. And in ter- and in terms of of college uh, costs, this will make things worse for everyone moving forward. Well, okay. See, it's funny because I would I would reverse it. I would say it's it's it starts with the fact that on its face, it's bad policy. I'm mean, setting aside setting aside the questions of legality. Let's set aside that 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 for for a question for for a moment. I agree with you, but it is bad policy for a lot of reasons, as you said, the inflationary issue. Uh, it it gives the it sends the 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 wrong signal to these colleges and universities, and it doesn't get at the root cause, right? It doesn't get at why college tuitions are so high, Correct. or right. why why universities, um, institutions of higher education don't have 
a a greater uh, have more skin in the game. You know, one of the things I've been talking about is, you know, you know, we 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 are we're we're the United States of America. We are, are we the most? Yes, we are the most entrepreneurial nation uh, on <laughs> on the on the planet, or at least we're supposed to be. We have incredibly creative people. Now, of course, we have spent the last. 10 years beating up on for-profit education, set that aside as well for a moment. But the reality is that, that we have, we, in the same way that we have that, well, actually it's the opposite. We have coupled employment and health insurance in, and when we should have decoupled employment and health insurance, uh, we have in the same way, uh, set up a system in which we should be, in which we should be, and now I've lost my train of thought about the de- decoupling issue where we we are we are not getting creative in terms of the way these universities are thinking about how they are educating people uh, and they're not offering up enough options one of, one of the things I was well, talking because about, because what, what, has, what, what has happened is oh, um, what has happened is is that we've allowed these universities really to operate as better than us uh, entities in other words uh, again I he, here's a proposal that if it went through the Congress, through proper regular order. Again, just as a side note, I think it's alarming how the Speaker of the House, uh, whether Republican or Democrat, but Nancy Pelosi happens to be a Democrat, is so willing to give up congressional authority, well, uh, which is insane. It's a situation where if the shoes were on the other foot, if Nancy Pelosi were a Republican and Joe Biden were a Democrat, or if Nancy Pelosi were still were a Democrat and Joe Biden were a Republican president doing this, the Speaker of the House would be shouting to the high heavens, I right. said in April, you don't have the power to do this. We are going to challenge this and we are going to hold hearings on this. And yes, that's the point, right? We hear from the left this, you know, this attack on democracy. Uh, What is this? What is this but an attack on our institutions and democracy? And let me just democracy. Let me just say this to our viewers. If a proposal went through the Congress, proper order hearings uh, to deal with the uh, student loan debt crisis. Because let's let's not underestimate this. Uh, for many Americans, there's a medical cri- de- uh, a medical debt crisis. There is a sure. student loan debt crisis. Uh, however, think about this: Harvard University has a forty-two billion dollar yeah. endowment. Yale is thirty-one billion. Texas University System thirty-one billion. Stanford, I think, is thirty billion. Princeton is close to thirty billion. My point is this. If you're going to do this, it's 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 the universities that ratcheted up their tuitions because they knew easy money from student loans. And what they did was they went out and were they were able to build up their endowments uh, on the backs of these student loans. Right. So why not why not have a legislative uh, agenda where there's hearings and witnesses to take parts of these endowments to take to pay down these debts. Well, and, and more to the point, right? There should be to me, and this is where I was going with this. We need to have a system in which practical skills degrees are treated differently than academic skills degrees. And what do I mean by this? I mean, if someone goes to school and gets a computer science degree or gets an engineering degree, uh, something a nursing degree, degree uh, yeah, accounting, pre-med, exactly something yeah, that, right. that, that that where they can go out and find the job that should be treated differently than schools that are producing. And you know something, I, I didn't want to crap on the guy yesterday, but someone, um, uh, someone, you know, called in when I was in for Derek yesterday uh, about he he has a sociology degree. 
you know, or someone who was getting a master's and the phrase I use is underwater basket weaving, but I, I'm going to say it on, on these airwaves. Um, if someone gets a, a, a master's degree or a doctorate in gender studies, gender equity studies, they're, they're not getting that degree because they are going to go out into the real world and do something with that degree. There are very few jobs that are out there. Mostly they're getting this so they can become an academic and they can indoctrinate other people as to gender studies, gender equity studies, what have you. And, and the problem, of course, Jerry, as you know, is that there are very few academic positions and we are producing an ever increasing number of PhDs for professorships that simply don't exist. And, and, and this so, goes to and this goes and, to the root on. of the problem. And, and this and this is and universities have to take the university, the phrase that was given to us by our good friend Marty, the university, the educational industrial complex needs to take some ownership uh, of this situation. To me, that's where the endowments come in, right? The the idea that if you are producing people who are who are are only trained to become academics and they can't find academic jobs and you're not doing enough to help them find those academic jobs, then you should be on the hook for their student loans because right, you've sold them a bill. But in order to do that, though, uh, it shouldn't be by the, hmm. the waving of the hand of the president. Uh, this, this, this should be a this again, you know, democracy should be deliberate. Of at, le at least Amer American democracy, Republican democracy needs to be deliberate. And unfortunately, again, since Barack Obama's I have a phone and a pen, uh, what we have here. And again, I, I think this is very interesting how the left keeps on attacking the right, the disorganized right sure. uh, for for voter suppression, attacks on normalcy, attacks on democracy, attacks on our institutions, when at at the at the at at the reality they are doing it right. it's the well, left this is, this, is th this this is authoritarian it look i get why someone who is fearful has anxiety over their over their debt i understand that and i might want to erase their debt but it doesn't mean that the government should come in because if the government could do good things, alleged good things uh, 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 by the wave of someone's hand, they could eventually do bad things well, this is, in the same manner. This get, Listen, this gets into some of the... the I'm not early, saying this is a good thing. No, but no, no this just, gets into some of the early executive orders that, that the Trump administration put in, right, which was the greater transparency and accountability in how prosecutions were being handled. And I, and I don't mean prosecutions, prosecutions, but administrative actions against people. The idea that that uh, agencies, federal agencies, can use their regulatory powers to go after and effectively prosecute somebody—it's not a prosecution in the strict sense of the word—but they needed greater transparency and accountability. Hold on, Jerry. I want to go back to something that you said, and and it gets back to the hat that you wear as editor of Real Clear Health, and it's something I I should have talked about yesterday and I didn't, but I want to talk about now, which is you know we talk about debt and we talk about anxiety over debt, and you talked about medical debt earlier. Yeah, and we can't gloss over this. Because again, unlike housing debt and unlike education debt, medical debt is usually not voluntary. It's, it's not something that you choose to go after. And because there is no free market in healthcare, and because emergency healthcare is done in a way where it really puts a customer, and I don't like using that term in this situation, uh, it puts a customer at a disadvantage, they can't necessarily make informed choices. 
right? You go into a hospital, you are at the mercy of however, you know, if, you know, depending on what your insurance is right. and depending on whether or not that hospital takes your insurance and what level of coverage. So if we're talking about and whether or not there are certificate of need this laws, is, this right? Is, that this that stupidity of this of this of this of this White House, um, uh, and I and I and I'm more to the point. This is the stupidity of the Republicans and not pushing back on the stupidity of the White House, because one <laughs> of the talking points that Republicans should use is, you know, something. If you're going to do this and you're going to go as a sop to generation x or generation z or the, the gen z right you're trying to shore up the gen z vote who are probably going to come out and vote for you anyway but you're pissing off the boomers and the millennials etc what you should have done was gone after and this is we and in fact republicans should be saying this if we take over Congress, and if we win the presidency in 2024, we are going to hold hearings on trying to find ways to relieve medical debt because medical debt isn't voluntary and medical debt is a crisis in America. And and also, again, for our listeners, medical debt is often just like Andrew pointed out. Remember, there are hospital systems that exist without competition because because of these certificate of need laws. In other words, so, so there's one hospital system or one provider system. Uh, others, uh, others want to come in uh, and offer services and patient access, uh, but because of these certificate of need laws, i.e., uh, these uh, th- those who are currently in the market can essentially veto uh, new entries. In many states, in many counties, uh, we don't have competition, which is why uh, healthcare costs are artificially high. Yeah, co- competition is, is in a in a free marketplace for medical services and medical devices, right? Which is different than medical insurance um, is the only way to bring down the actual cost of medical I mean, care in, in America. Think about this. It, it, hold on. And there's another part of this, Jerry. I actually think about this and then come back to the well, other th- part. Th- think about this. So so um, uh, we, needed, we, we needed new tires on yeah. the on one of our cars. And what I did was I, I went on the places and, and I got the best deal. I went to the, you know, the most convenient, uh, best quality, lower priced option. That's what I did. Sure. Now think about this in healthcare. Forget emergency services. Forget going to the hospital. But just checkups and uh, flu shots, or or getting a test for uh, for strep. Do you ever call around? No. Well, hey, I mean- how much do you? Years ago, not that long ago, Erica was going in for a procedure, and our insurance didn't cover it. Yes. And so I said, okay, don't worry about it. You know, what's the what's the cash cost? I'll just pay for it. And do you know that the the physician's office could not give me the cost of it? Yeah. Well, we don't know the answer to that. What do you mean? Because you don't know the answer. Well, it it depends on what your insurance will uh, allocate. Well, my our insurance doesn't cover it, but I'll pay cash. Well, sorry, Mr. Rogers, we, we just. We can't, right. we, we don't have an answer for you. I got a question for you on this. I want to digress for a second. This is a fun little thought exercise for you, Jerry Rogers. So you have a choice, Jerry. You have either the least expensive general <laughs> practitioner provider, least expensive for going in and doing checkups, or you have someone who's more expensive, but they don't require you to wear a mask in the, uh, and, and what was the, what was the deal you were dealing with, with your kids? Well, look, I, I, I went up, I went up, I, 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 Recently, before vacation, I had to go in for a blood pressure check. Again, back back to the why you got to relax, Jerry. Relax at the beach. Yeah, 
But I went to the doctor and uh, he's telling me X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, why should I listen to you? My physician, who I've had, by the way, he's been, he's been my doctor for, for, for 19 years. Yeah. What do you mean, Jerry? I'm like, well, you're sitting there with a freaking mask on. You, you, your, your office gave me this, pl- this paper plastic mask. I mean, paper uh, surgical mask. Yeah. Doc, you know that these masks don't stop COVID. Uh, stop COVID. He goes, I know that. Then why are you wearing it? And why are you forcing me to wear it? And he's well, because it's, it's the protocols, the county, whatever, whatever. I'm like, well, see, that's my point, Doc. So I'm, I'm supposed to listen to you about my blood pressure medicine or about my diet or about any number of things. And you're and as you're talking through a a, uh, a a surgical mask and I'm wearing a surgical mask for a virus that neither mask uh, will stop. This is insane. This is yeah. insanity to me. So to answer your question, I pay more for a doctor uh, <laughs> who follows the science and not the politics. It, it, this is all right. That, that, that was my and I and I appreciate that. So so the. <laughs> Thank you, thank you for that. So stupid. By the way, I'm thinking we. I'm thinking I may have misnamed this episode. Oh yeah, you're what is not, it? You're not. You're not. You're not tanned and rested. You may be ready. You're always ready. I'm always but, ready, uh, baby. So, so the other part of this that I want. Do you know? I right? saw people. By the way, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. I saw people on the beach with masks on. You know, on I mean, the there's beach, that meme, there's that meme out there, and I will admit, oh, that yeah, with the person I, in the water, I, I didn't see anyone in the water with a mask on, but but, but they were absolutely people on the beach know, with masks on. Don't you automatically assign those folks and say those folks are idiots? I mean, I know we're not supposed to punch down, and I don't think I'm punching down, but I think anytime I see somebody like that, I think you're a moron. You you really are. I mean, I get. Listen, I get that there are people who may be immunocompromised, but you know something? If you're immunocompromised and you're so worried about it at this point in time, stay home. But also the best, the best, the best science in that instance is the separation. Yes. If you're 15 feet away from someone, 20 feet, if you're freaking 20 yards away from someone, you know, the worry about the mask. You know, it's 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 a situation in which, you know, I'm just reminded of what we talked about in the early days of the pandemic with people driving in their cars with masks on. I still see it. It's insanity to me. Well, you know, it, it's it's funny. Andrew, I, I, it's, listen, it's back to school, right? How yes. many of your friends are posting pictures of kids back at school well, and the that, kids have masks on? There's that one story out of out of California, the Mountain View School District of the four year old kid who kept getting turned away because the teachers wouldn't have masks. I want I don't want to get too far afield because we can also you and I, I, I we may want to talk right, about what's going on in D.C. Suffice it to say that many of the policies and politics that we're that, that, that govern us are absolutely insane. Well, yeah, but, but so, but I want to, I want to go back. I mean, so, so yeah. So in the end, right. Talking about Republicans now, Republicans should be handling this, 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 there, there are so many facets. I mean, so many facets to this, as I said, actually going to go back now to the whole beginning. It is bad policy for a whole host of reasons. And then the bottom line is, as you said, the president doesn't have the power to do this. So even if it weren't awful, bad, ter- you know, just, horrific policy the the president doesn't have the power and i'm reminded of the quote i'm going to say it. i haven't said it in months here on the show jerry you talk about the america being a nation of of uh, where policy is supposed to be deliberative there's a, a quote from a supreme court case 1992 new york versus united states the constitution protects us from our own best intentions it divides power among sovereigns and among branches of government precisely so that we might resist the temptation to concentrate power in one branch 
as the expedient solution to the crisis of the day. Now, I, I want I would love to get that tattooed on every member of Congress <laughs> and every administration official's forehead. In fact, you know something, Jerry, when I'm president, if I were king for a day, if I were president for a day, my first executive order would be to put that quote up, mandate that that quote is up in every office of the federal government, every cubicle. Everybody gets a copy of it. You get a little a little a laminated card to keep in your wallet or your pocketbook. You know, we divide power so that we, uh, you know, and we're deliberative, regardless of our best intentions, right? Maybe the most well-intentioned policy. But the Constitution protects us because they, they we don't want to concentrate power somewhere because it can be abused. Right. As Jerry said at the beginning of the show, right? Yeah, the president has this power to, to wave a pen and interfere with millions of contracts between a student loan borrower and the student loan lender. Then, then the president has powers to do just about anything he or she wants. Go ahead. Uh, well, a couple of things. Number one, again, there still does need to be some kind of solution, policy solution, societal solution to the uh, education crisis that we're in. Right. Uh, we we have a we have a, a a a higher education crisis. We also have a high school and grammar school, uh, middle school education crisis where. Uh, where we are not teaching history, we're not teaching science, we're not teaching, uh, we're not teaching uh, English literature, we're not teaching people to read. Uh, it is, again, 80% of the children who graduate out of uh, Baltimore City Public Schools uh, can't read uh, can't read or do basic math. Right. You can't do. Ba- I mean, there this is one the, school system. And, 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 and that's not just it, this is public schools across across the country. Yes. There was one school system. And I don't know. Shoot. I don't remember where it was where where no students past the fourth grade math skills test yeah it's like just none of them there, there's a ahead. public school there, there's a public school crisis and again this crisis is not just about reading writing arithmetic it's also about that we are using schools now to indoctrinate our children uh, into uh, woke history 1619 america is this evil entity uh, uh, history but but worse than that if there's anything that could be worse than that is the schools from Montgomery County, Maryland uh, to San Francisco and everywhere in between. Uh, there is now this gender identity uh, situation where uh, where we are we are indoctrinating. And I'm sorry to use this term, but it's the proper term. Oh, you know, we, something? Are grooming, I think we are grooming our children. We are grooming our children into identity politics, into uh, into critical race theory politics, essentially. Public schools have become religious institutions, uh, and and the and the religion is this woke dogma, and that carries over into the universities. Here's here's what we need to do to fix education on both the uh, grammar school, high school, but also higher education. Number one, uh, universal choice and competition yeah. uh, for 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 students. Any public school. Any school that serves the public is a public school, and the money should follow the child. That'll solve our problems uh, on on the on the uh, grammar school, high school level. Then, in terms of the uh, in terms of the higher education, here's the fix, and that is uh, put the middleman back into the student loan business, but make the middleman the universities themselves. So, in other words, if I want to go to Fordham University and I can't afford it, I I take a loan out from Fordham University. Yeah. And then I pay Fordham University back. This would begin to level prices off, right? Be- uh, because it's not free money. It's, it's, it's money the university is putting out uh, in the hopes of getting it back with, with some interest. So uh, this would mean uh, that we wouldn't see 
crazy college university uh, inflation. Uh, right. put col- if you want to go to Harvard, Harvard has a $42 billion endowment. We'll take the loan from Harvard. That's, that's one of the things that I love. One of the best hot takes yesterday. And, and it wasn't Ilya Shapiro, though. I think he retweeted it. Maybe it was Ilya Shapiro who tweeted this out. Former podcast guest Ilya Shapiro. That Lawrence Tribe tweeted out, you know, uh, in support. Lawrence Tribe was a very famous legal scholar. He teaches at Harvard Law School. And he tweeted out how pleased he was for so many of his former students uh, that they were now going to get debt relief. And Ilya Shapiro tweeted out, yeah, because that's what this is all about, is is uh, uh, relieving the debt of Harvard Law graduates. It's, you know, I know it's the, just... the elites, the elites that are out there. I, I like that, Jerry, because what it does is, it, it, again, it, 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 you're right. It shifts the burden. It enforces some kind of fiscal uh, discipline on these universities, but it also will encourage them to think outside the box in terms of how they offer up majors and how they offer yes. up degrees. If, you, if, if you're offering loans to a student, you want to see some kind of collateral. So if you're taking a loan out uh, for gender studies, well, then, hey, we, we, we might have to charge you a higher interest rate. But right. if, you're taking a, if you're taking a loan out uh, to, to attend our nursing school, well, hey, we know that you'll be guaranteed a job after graduation. But also, there are a couple other things that are going on here. And, and it's good because there are things I wanted to talk about yesterday on the air that I couldn't get to um, because there are other issues that are at work here. And, and one of the things I did talk about on the air was this idea of if you're a, if you're a science student, if you're an engineering student, if you're a computer science student, if you're a biology major, now listen, I want my kids to get a broad-based education. I want my kids to take philosophy. I want my kids to take history. I want them to take English, right? I want them to get some grounding in, in these other areas because I think it's important for folks who are in the sciences to have some kind of philosophical underpinning, right? Of course. Yeah, we, of course. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but again, but I have the ability to do that, right? I have, and, and, and again, I can say this, but there are other folks for whom they might not be able to afford to go and, and, and spend all of this time. They just want to go and get, get their computer science degree, or they just want to go and get their engineering degree. And yeah, for- I, have a, I, I have a buddy of mine um, who uh, did not go to university, didn't, didn't go to college. And he started his own um, carpet cleaning business. So when he was 18, 19 years old, he might have been on a crew for someone yeah. else's business, learned the business, uh, uh, took a loan out uh, to buy his first truck, uh, purchase his first equipment, uh, whatever licensing fees and insurance fees, all these you know, regulatory uh, burdens. Uh, he jumped through that. Uh, started out with one truck, now has several trucks, several crews himself, uh, and again has built a a a, a, success, a successful business. Now he sacrificed. He could have right. gone to you know to to whatever Ramapo College, sure. uh, and gotten a degree in English, but instead he he decided differently. And this is the problem with this. I I don't know what the, no, the number is, but it's remarkably if you think about. The vast majority of Americans do not have a college right. diploma. The vast majority of Americans work and save. And like you said earlier in the program, this, this, again, this is the government picking winners and losers. If you're someone who decided to open up a carpet, a carpet cleaning business, or you went into plumbing, or you whatever, you opened up a restaurant and you're a chef, my brother-in-law, Dane, Yes. Uh, is a chef. He did not go to university. But I tell you what, 
I, I spent a part of my vacation with him. Uh, in the uh, he is he is he is well rounded and intelligent and has a skill that puts him in a in a like a major league compared yeah. to others. But but yet he's sacrificed and and he doesn't work. He doesn't get paid. Yes. So so will the government come in now and 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 help him out in some way? Again, winners and losers. Part of the problem here, though, is to answer my own question is. Eventually, don't you think the government is moving towards this place where it's enrolling everyone into this surf class? Right. Where everyone eventually Remember, will, will be uh, will, will need the government for something. Well, well, but but keep in mind, right? You know, it's it's this issue of dollars. This is the key thing here. Talking about sort of the insidious nature of all of this. Because remember that there are things that are constitutional, right? The, 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 the president doesn't have the power to wave with a stroke of the pen um, um, to wave away this debt. The federal government can offer up grant monies to people, right? As long as it's appropriated, right? As long as Congress appropriates the money and the money is in a pot somewhere. Once you start accepting government dollars, then the government can put strings on those dollars, Right. It's a it's it's not just a question of picking winners and losers, but it gets to the old adage that a government that is large enough to give you everything is big enough to take it all away. Remember that 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 the that again, back in the 70s and into the 80s, the federal government tried to impose a 55 mile an hour speed limit on the nation and several of the states challenged this. And the Supreme Court said, no, you can't do this federal government, but you can peg highway, Department of Transportation highway monies uh, to whether or not states uh, have a 55 mile an hour speed limit. So there are conditions that are placed on all of this. And then the the irony with that, though, again, it gets to the complexities. So the state of Texas sends its tax dollars to D.C. D.C. then takes the money from Texas, from Oklahoma, from California, and then redi- has a redistribution process no, no. of sending money back. But I, I, I don't want to get wrapped around the axle hill. My point no, is, but, but, but you're right. I, I, you I get you're becoming right. a vassal of the federal government and you're accepting these monies, the federal government starts putting conditions on this. Okay, you can take this money from the right. You remember the, the Chinese have this I understand the social crediting I, system. And right. so then they can, that's how they start implementing the social. But see, but I system. get it. But see, but here's, here's my, I get what you're saying and you're hundred yeah. percent correct, but this is part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, in terms of how we, we, we have been conditioned to think like them, or we have been conditioned to accept their terms. And that is this uh, it's not the federal government's money. No, it's no, your okay. money. It's my no, no. money. Okay, I, I I understand. Yes, uh, agreed. My we're 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 sort of dancing around two different issues, and I, I want to make sure I, I stipulate one hundred percent. It's taxpayers' money, right? The the point is that you're getting to the issue, and I thought this is where you were going. Is the issue of control, right? You go to a certain church, then you know you 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 know you you can't take this money, or if you take right, but, the, but to- the, 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 the again the challenge here is that uh, there are private schools. Like all Catholic schools in the state of Maryland uh, do take some federal monies and state monies to purchase textbooks. Yes. Now, I don't want it to be that if you take a small grant uh, to buy uh, math textbooks, then all of a sudden you're beholden to the but gender remember, identity politics of, of, here's of the, the state. Thing. Remember what they tried to do in Maryland. If you took Maryland grant monies, if you took subsidy monies from the state of Maryland for child care, 
the, every home child care provider had to be unionized. If they accepted those vouchers, they had to join the union. Right. But my, my point is, is that that is that is not in line with uh, with constitutional government. It's not in line with the Commerce but, Clause. OK, and we should push. But, we should push back. We, of course, we should push back. I'm just telling you where it's going, Jerry. A hundred percent. But yeah, and this is why I'm constantly the stressed. Of the Republic. What was that? Right. This is why I'm constantly stressed, because essentially yeah. we have no answers to these things. We, we look what you and I are doing. And hold on. Hold is, on. Hold on. Hold on. And it gets even worse because getting gosh, back to what you just said about indoctr- indoctrination, if we no longer have the common frame of reference, if the right. Constitution is a pile of dung, as two law professors wrote in the New York Times last week, right? right. If if the Constitution is a racist document that shouldn't be followed and has to be amended, right, then pushing back on these constitutional principles and raising the constitutional principles, that goes against the mainstream. I'm sorry, right. Jerry, go ahead. Well, so and to your point, the government, the administrative, the administrative state is just moving forward. And what Andrew Langer does, what Jerry Rogers, what we're doing is we're just trying to manage our decline. That's what we're doing. We're not. I mean, I, we, these these discussions are important, but there is no entity in America today. None. Zero. No think tank. No member of Congress. No one. Uh, who is successfully fighting back against the progressives uh, uh, full on advance forward. We are losing in many instances we have lost. Uh, And so I think what we need to do moving forward is we we need to think about how the freedom resistance fighters uh, in in Vichy, France, Uh, we have to start. I don't mean this literally. I mean, this politically and figuratively. Uh, We have to be smart. Uh, and we have to pick our targets and start picking them off because we've lost the uh, 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 Vichy's in charge. Uh, look, no one's talking about this. It's not in the news, but the Department of Homeland Security has uh, codified in regulation DACA. Yeah. No. Was there there was no there was no rule making process. Uh, there wasn't public comments. Uh, 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 it's not it's my point is, is that they're doing what they want. And we're arguing over constitutional principles. You know, it's interesting. I, I'll say this. But but Otama, but we have to argue. I mean, we have to make. Well, I mean, I don't know about argue, but I think I think we're discussing the constitutional principles because you have to. It's the only it's the only it's the only basis on which we can do this. But I'm sorry, go ahead. But, it's like, but, 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 but however, in this instance, it's like a Christian uh, a Bible believing Christian trying to convince a non-believer that the Bible is right. You just can't do it. Yeah. So there's a whole generation. We've lost at least a generation, maybe two generations of Americans who have no value or understanding of the constitution, the rule of law, the very things. Look, we have, we have, Andrew, we literally have an invasion at our border. There was a report today, earlier today, that in a certain segment uh, uh, crossing uh, in Texas, they are seeing in this, this one area, 3,000 uh, illegal aliens cross every day, 3,000 yeah. every day yeah. in this one area. There is an, there is an invasion. And, and this is not to say that we don't want immigrants. The problem is, is that uh, these, these migrants are coming here. They have no understanding of the Constitution, of our history. America is unique, exceptional in that Anyone can be an American, sure. but you, we all have to agree these shared values. Right. And, and what's happening is 
uh, more than half of America no longer shares values with those Americans who still believe in the Constitution, right. American history, and, and, and these sort of, this is a problem. This is a, you talk about, you know, th- there's talk uh, on the right and the left of a, a coming American civil war. It happened. It's already happened and we've lost. We, we, are, we are now living in uh, the reconstructive, uh, reconstruction America. And the progressives are the ones uh, who are who are making the rules. So and so, it, what, it, so okay. So let's 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 assume for a moment that all of that is correct. So what is the next step, Jerry? I mean, I mean, just, well, we just uh, let the republic do. We let no, the republic. Well, die? no, no, of no, of course not. Right? No. What is the uh, what's the C.S. Lewis? Uh, the uh, um, uh, I'll I'll paraphrase C.S. Lewis. Right? Uh, live your life as if Christ will return uh, today, uh, but prepare. Uh, your life as if uh, he won't come for a hundred years. So I'm in the hundred year battle, but here's, but, and here's what we do. I think that uh, those of us, I'm going to take one step backward, take two steps forward. Here's what we do Uh, over at real clear books and culture at which I am an editor. uh, The lead today is a piece by Guy Shepard. And it's about the unbearables, i.e. Trump supporters. No, uh, progressives, the unbearables versus deplorables, Trump supporters, and how I don't want to be ruled by either group. Yeah, this is what you would and I think. I think Andrew. Yesterday. I think Andrew. You and I are are in this third group. So what we need to do is we need to organize those who are not in the deplorable camp, not in the unbearable camp, and we need to offer a a true enlightened third way. The problem is, is that. Um, there, there is no one at the national level to take this, uh, to take this baton. Maybe it's DeSantis. I don't know. But do you uh, but think it, part of the problem is that in terms of the oxygen for such a movement, that you, that that you have two things that are going on. You have the grifter class, right, and then you have and and, and this is a, listen. This is a discussion, and folks, you're 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 fortunate because this is not a this is not something that Jerry and I are play acting at. Right, Jerry and I have not had this part of this discussion in a very long time, if we've had it at all. Um, so this is a very organic discussion that Jerry and I are about to have here. Um, so you have the, the grifter class, uh, but then you also have the non-grifter, and I'm going to say it, the MAGA class, that are sucking the oxygen out of any of these discussions. So, you know, and the problem, of course, is that, that if you are not marching lockstep with the MAGA class and the grifter class, then they are going to paint you as what did you call it? The the what's what was the first category that Dave the, that the, uh, the guy Shepard mentioned? The unbearables, which yeah, are the, the Bidens, the progressives. But, but but I mean, you know, I, I, I get I, I get your point. What but I don't he, want to be here's, painted as hold on. I, I, I get because, you because the, get the you. problem is is that you've got and I don't know. Maybe you would consider David French. Maybe that's true. Maybe David French and Jonah Goldberg are now part of the grifter class. I don't know. They are. They okay. absolutely are. Okay. So, so, so then- is Bill, so is Bill Crystal. And so is Michael Steele. And so are all of these. Um, I am so, again, just to say this, I, it's hard for me to articulate how disappointed I am in, uh, in, in men like Michael Steele, Bill Crystal, uh, David French, Jonah Goldberg, and a slew of others because, 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 and I don't want to be so crass as to say that. They're doing this just be, for resources that, you know, f- to make a living. That might be part of it, but we all have to make a living. So I don't begrudge them that. But 
you know, Bill Crystal in particular, Bill Crystal tweeted out last week something like there are two political parties. Uh, one, uh, one is crazy. One uh, ignores the rule of law. One ignores the outcome of elections. And then there's the other. Right, right, and right. I, and it was, the, the immediate reaction was, you know, he's right. There is. But he came to the opposite conclusion that I did. Go right, ahead. Right. But but you see, there was a time when Bill Crystal knew better. Here, here's what I yes. told. So my my um, my beautiful Bridget uh, has a uh, uh, has a has a boyfriend and he works for a Republican senator. And he is a he's a establishment type Republican. Uh, uh, and And I respect that. And I told him yesterday, I said, the problem in our debate today, and this goes back to how we started this conversation about the unbearables versus the deplorables, they're needed way. third way, like no labels or Larry Hogan or any of these not the, Larry Hogan is a tool of the left. What I mean is, is, is a, is a, is a, is a Reaganist, a Reaganist type movement, right. getting back to American principles, moving forward on truth and, and on principles. Uh, but anyway, but I was talking to, to him, Jack, his name, his name, his name is Jack. And I said, Jack, the problem today is, is that uh, there are no there. There are very few honest actors. Right. You, like you said, you, there, there are the grifters. There are the deplorables. There are the unbearables. Uh, there, there are very few honest actors. And even the and, 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 and when an honest actor emerges, they are immediately just like you said, Andrew, very, very smart. No, they are put into one of these three camps. Yeah, they're put in. Camp or the grifter camp and and that's part of the problem like and i i don't know what the to, to answer your question I, I look let's go back and do what works yeah when when my wife and i are in uh in a spiritual or or in a crisis i always say to her why don't we do what they did in the bible they prayed in the Bible. They no. uh, they gave thanks. They 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 helped each other. Like, let's go back to first principles. I think the answer to your question, what I, what do I think we should do? Yeah. I think we should go back to I, I, we should go back to what works and first principles. What worked in the nineties? What beat well, back? This, wait, wait. Let me answer this question. No. What beat back Hillary Care? Organization and well, clear what, messaging. Specifically, what was it? What was the organic start of that? It was the, the Wednesday meeting. I mean, people yeah, exactly together. right. Yeah. Exactly. There is no Wednesday meeting today that brings together uh, the, the 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 pragmatic, the principled, uh, and uh, there, 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 the it doesn't exist. But part of the problem now is that you can't get these sort of disparate these disparate elements to sit down together. And that's and, always been our problem. No, no, no. But but. It's funny. One of the reasons why I raised my hand, I meant to say this earlier, just real quick on the side. As a total aside on everything. I was at Publix yesterday in the international section. Yeah. And and I almost bought this for you. It's it was German mustard in a mug. Have you ever seen this in a glass mug? No. And it was Erica's pantry. Oh, you should got it. I still might get it for you. I saw this yesterday, but yeah, no, this is, this is, this is the issue, you know, is that you, you have these, you, you don't have any true coordination. And when you do have any kind of coordination, there is this enforced orthodoxy now where if you don't agree on a hundred percent of everything, um, then, then you're, then you, you're, you're, you're cast out or some former political alliance is, is raised and, and, and you can't be trusted. I know, and, but, but the fun, yeah. the, again, the funny thing is, is, is look, we talk about this. Oh, I, I do on the radio where when I was a high school football coach, we did film. Yeah. Why? 
because you'd want to know the tendencies uh, of the opposing team. In other words, right. it's like it's like studying for the test with the answers to the test. Sure. We have we have the answers. Right. Reagan said again, and I'm not one of these. I love Ronald Reagan, his legacy. Oh. Um, but the, but the, but 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 Reagan said, right, if you're with me seven out of 10 times, six out of 10 times, right. then you're then you're with me. I would go so far as to say, if you're with me on one issue, let's work on that one issue. And then let's respectfully disagree on these other issues. And, and, and I've and I've we've tried to do that on the individual mandate back uh, during the Obamacare fight. I was very disappointed with some folks on the left that they weren't willing. They they saw the individual mandate as a um, as a, a, a massive corporate buyout for big insurance. I, I do want to I, I um, eh, shoot. I, I'm like missing my missing my my cues today. Um Anyway, I'm sorry, Jerry. Go ahead. Well, I, I, again, the, the bottom line is I don't mean to sound like things are hopeless. They're not. There's always hope. Uh, but but we have to recognize here's what bothers me. And th- this is why I, I seem so uh, uh, I seem Eeyore-ish. so Eeyore-ish. Thank you. And that is because there's too many of us who oh. who are like, hey, I own the lib today or I did. Right. And it's all about those things days. don't matter. Those things don't matter. What you know, matters is right, go ahead. I am. I am. I, it, it's funny you say that because I'm. I'm working on a, a possible project for a, a, a friend of ours, and I'm trying to go through this idea of leaders who do thoughtful work, who do work that gets recognized. Um, and I'm and I'm having a real hard time, you know, sort of getting this you know, think, thinking about these well, look, things. Let's 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 uh, let's let's do a, let's do a two minute for our guests for our for our listeners. If you had like who do you read? Who do you go to for to be informed? I I, I mean I go to Jonathan Turley. Jonathan Turley. I, exactly I go where I was to go. yeah I go to um I go to uh the Princeton uh, professor whose name escapes me right yeah. now um but there I have a handful of of Dan of, Dan Dan McLaughlin at the National Review and and right. uh, Jim Garrity at National Review. So what we need to do is we need to you and I need to promote and emphasize uh, the by the by work, the by those we trust listen the work the work that our again our former podcast guest and now manhattan institute scholar Ilya shapiro does who by the way if if, uh, if, if has the lead guy shepherd uh, uh, shapiro has the lead on real clear health because he had a real good piece in newsweek uh this week asking who leaked, who leaked who leaked in Dobbs? Ilya Shapiro, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it was uh, frustrating and humiliating for him. But I think I think on balance, he is he has now been, you know, losing his job at liberating his job. It's liberating. It was liberating for him. And he's at the um, Manhattan Institute now, which, again, if, if, if I had to if I had to make a. If I had to be put on the spot and say, Jerry, where's the one source where consistently good ideas are coming? It's from City Journal, uh, from the Manhattan Institute. So, so I want to I want to say something because we're talking about leaders and we're talking about intellectualism. And I named two writers for the National Review, um, and I talked to Jerry about this just the other day. So, when I was uh, uh, coming back from vacation, I first of all I watched, and I want to talk about some pop culture stuff in a minute, Jerry. Uh, I watched the Terminal List. Did it's you watch? You watched it? I love it. It's great. Fantastic. Oh, it's, great. I, I, it's the first two episodes are slow. Yes. Um, and, and I almost I, I almost stopped watching it after episode two. Don't. Yeah, it no, is. You gotta, you gotta, it is. It is. It is about it is about. Yeah, it's about revenge. It's but about it's also, family. 
and honor and, and honor. Yeah. And, yes. all, all, and loyalty anyway. Yes. Loyalty. Uh, so, so I, I, as I, but once I finished that, I was watching, cause first of all, I discovered that you can actually download, like you're now back to being able to download stuff uh, on Amazon prime and, and watching it. Uh, if you're, if you're not, if you don't have an internet connection, like you can download it and then watch yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. So I didn't, for the longest time, you couldn't do that. So um, I watched the, the, the documentary called the best of enemies about the 1968 Bill Buckley uh, Gore Vidal debates during the 1968 political conventions. And it's, it's a great documentary. I, I said to you, Jerry uh, offline um, that they are, as you can imagine, a little bit more unfair to Bill Buckley. Sure. Um, it's going to be a little bit biased towards Gore Vidal. Nevertheless, it's very good. It's very well done. But that sent me down a rabbit hole online, and I discovered that the Hoover Institution, which is a conservative think tank attached to Stanford University, they have, I don't know if they were bequeathed it, but now they have all the rights to Bill Buckley's firing line, which was a long-running television program. Bill Buckley would interview one guest, sometimes he would have a debate, but every episode of Firing Line is uploaded to YouTube and you're able to watch it for free. And watching Reagan come on in 1980, and talk about um, uh, gas prices and what we need to do about gas prices in America. Or watching Margaret Thatcher, here's something really interesting, Jerry. Ginning off of our episode from last week in which we talked to the folks at the Libertarian Christian Institute. Yep. And, and you may have a better answer for this than I do. You know, we think about movements, same way we think about college, you know, right? College really only exists for us for the time period of which we're on campus. And we think it's always going to be that way. Right. You know, we think about the conservative movement. You and I have both been in the conservative movement for conservatively three decades, you know, sure. 30, 30 or so years of our, of our adult lives. Um, and we've spent a lot of time on this show talking about the small libertarian movement and, and whether or not libertarians are worthwhile. Anyway, the point is in the interview that Buckley and Thatcher do Right before I think it is that Margaret Thatcher takes over as Prime Minister of Great Britain. So we're talking the mid 1970s. 79, yeah, 78. Yeah. She so took over in 79. 77, 78. They they are very careful about not talking about a global conservative movement, but they refer to it as a uh as a as as a small L libertarian movement. And they talk about reaching out to libertarian organizations in other European countries and libertarian movements. And, and for them, libertarianism was synonymous with conservative. They just, because conservative had a much different meaning, I guess, then. Well, it's yeah, very interesting. And, 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 and again, just for some context. So I grew up reading P.J. O'Rourke. Yes. P.J. O'Rourke was, was, in my mind, he was the quintessential libertarian. Of course. Uh, but the libertarian movement today, again, go back to our last podcast unfortunately a lot of the libertarian movement today is really it's a it's a movement don't be regulated uh, but they want to do drugs and have lots of sex and they want to they want legal pornography and and all the rest of it it, it, it uh, the libertine yes. uh, movement within the the libertarian movement hurt libertarian movement. and then what's worse you have guys like uh, you know, Bill Weld and uh, and others who claim to be libertarian, but they're just 
pro-choice squishy Republicans. Well, so, yeah, they're 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 folks who couldn't find a home, could no longer find a home in the Republican Party. In some cases, the Democratic right. Party, and so they joined the Libertarian Party as a as a way of sort of staying out there. It's it's the the big L Libertarian Party has in many ways become or had become a sour grapes party. I think the new leadership is taking yeah. it in different directions. I, Wait, hold I, on, I, Jerry, Jerry. I read yeah. a really interesting essay, and I I, I want to pull it up. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. You were on vacation, but it, it was making the rounds of social media last week. A progressive woman wrote an essay in which she talked about regretting being a slut. And that was, I think, the, the title of it. And it was it, it was a really interesting, thoughtful essay, a very honest essay uh, about the hollowness of the 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 feminist empowerment looking at women taking ownership of their promiscuity and using it as a tool and talking about the cheapness and the emptiness of so many and and, and essentially saying just about every of this woman's um non-relationship oriented the 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 encounters that happen in the context of hookup culture are are in fact horrible and she she regrets all of it and I, it was, it's again, it's been making the rounds, but this is the kind of, that's the kind of essay that actually gives me hope because you're having folks coming to the realization that they've been sold this bill of goods by the progressive left on a whole host of issues. I'm sorry, Jerry, go ahead. I'm going to try to look up the title here. Well, I, I think this, I, you know, the, the, uh, the metaphor I think about is uh, corks on a lake, just kind of uh, floating randomly. And wherever the wind takes them, they go. This is the culture we've given uh, the, 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 the last couple, three generations. Going back to the question you asked earlier in the show, and that is, what's the answer to all this? I think the answer is, again, getting back to basics and principles, getting back to community, right? C.S. Lewis, little platoons. Um, if we don't want the government telling us how and how to live, where to live, why to live, what to do, when to do, et cetera. We have to form these little platoons. I think right. more than ever, I, I was talking to Erica about this. You know, we think of, let me ask you this question. Uh, when yeah. you think of the traditional family, you think of mom, dad, and children, right? Yes. That's a, a newer phenomenon. The, the family in, a, in American life, but also in, in kind of Western civilization, uh, post, you know, uh, uh, Christian, not post Christianity, but uh, the Christian, the Christian influence on Western civilization. It was, it was mom, dad, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, sure. brothers, and sisters. Uh, and what happened was we have, we have, we have destroyed the family. Whereas aunts and uncles and cousins don't live near each other. Grandparents, we have to get back to, I think, literally community. This is starting, this is starting with families and churches or in faith groups and little platoons. And, and that's the answer. This is this is you know the interesting thing about our living situation now and and the way it's been for the last you know six seven eight years in that we're now living in a town where both sets of grandparents are are yeah it's fantastic and, it's a, and, and that's one fantastic. of my brothers has a house here and and um uh you know and I'm, I see my brothers regularly and I'm actually going to a family event in New York and it's it's funny because I had a conversation and with think about it when your when your brother has a crisis or he has to be out of town or he and his <laughs> wife have no 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 you're laughing yeah. because no you know no where I'm, I'm laughing going. because you because you make a joke about me being my brother's butler. This is where you're but, going. Go ahead. But but there, but but there's a goodness to that. There and, is a first principle nature to and, that. And shift it around. When we had an emergency a couple of years ago with our dog, actually twice, you know, once uh, in the fall and then the, in the summer, then the spring, 
uh, and we were away, my 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 brother and my dad, uh, you know, they were able to step in and and, and help out. Jerry, I pulled this up real quick because I, I don't want to talk about a couple other things here. So this is the essay. Uh, it's um, uh, written by a woman named Bridget Fatassi. Uh, she has a sub stack. Uh, I guess it's called Geriatric Mommy, or maybe that's a subtitle. Uh, came out August 17th. The title is I Regret Being a Slut. And and she she goes, she she sort of talks about this. And and she writes, I was first inspired to write this piece when a 19-year-old woman I used to wait tables with asked me, Bridget, have you ever regretted having sex with a man? I laughed. Quote, yeah, all of them. That's not entirely true. And she goes on for that, but she talks about the dangers of casual sex. She goes, uh, at the time, I, I would have told you I was liberated, uh, even while I tried to drink away the sick feeling of rejection when my most recent hookup didn't call me back. At the time, I would have said one night stands made me feel emboldened, but in reality, I was using sex like a drug, trying unsuccessfully to fill a hole inside me with men, pun intended. I know regretting most of my sexual encounters is not something a sex-positive feminist who used to write a column for Playboy is supposed to admit, and for years I didn't. Let me be clear, being a slut and sleeping with a lot of men is not the only behavior I regret. Even more damaging was what I told myself in order to justify the fact that I was disposable to these men. I told myself I didn't care. And, yeah. and she goes, the lie I told myself for decades was, I'm not in pain, I am empowered. Looking back, look, it isn't a surprise. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. But look, it, it, it's, I mean, listen, I, I have great hope when a former columnist for Playboy, you know, writes these things down. I, yes, but it's, 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 it's only halfway there, though. Sure. And, and I'll say this because at the end of the day, you know, so I, I was up early this morning, very early. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Jerry, you mean you didn't get your full seven and a half hours of sleep? No, you know, what's funny again at Real Clear Health yesterday, I posted a piece uh, about who are these mythical super sleepers uh, who can who can uh, who can sleep three hours, four hours and be active and oh, alert yes. and productive. I'm one of those yes. mystical super sleepers. But regardless, I got up early today and I um, and I lost my train of thought here about you got up early today talking about being a slut halfway, halfway, half. She was half. Oh, so anyway, so. So I, I, I curated um, uh, Real Clear Health, curated Real Clear Books and Culture, uh, and then had a, a short break where I got some coffee. Uh, my, my Bridget went off to her, her internship. Uh, my Claire, who starts school on Monday at Catholic University, uh, she went out to her job. And the, the morning, it was around 7, 7-ish. The morning had started. Uh, Erica was up. She had gone for a jog. And, and, uh, and I'm having my first cup of coffee. And Erica puts on the news. And I hear story after story after story after story, and I'm getting angrier and angrier, sure. depressed, angry, angry, angry. And anyway, I go into the other room and I get back to work. But then she put on praise music. And my mood completely right. evened out. Yeah. My point is this. The reason why we search for things in sex or drugs or relationships or work or whatever, you name it is because we, we are created to have a relationship with God. Yes. And when man is separated, think about, you know, our, many of our listeners are younger, the Oklahoma City bombing. Remember that in the 90s? Of course sure. you do. Timothy McVeigh. It was, it, was, it was, I mean, horrible, right? Yeah. And I remember Billy Graham gave the, gave the, the, uh, the, the message at sure. the prayer service. And he said that man, mankind, humankind, separated from God, is capable of any evil. 
Yeah. And I think that, again, going back to what the answer is, back to these little platoons, I do think there needs to be a revival in America uh, where, where faith and God take a more central role. Sure. Because essentially what the other side and why the other side is successful Look, I told you earlier today, I have great respect for the progressive movement because they're so successful because they believe it. They believe in climate change. They believe in uh, critical race theory. They believe in gender identity. They believe in green energy. They believe in these things. And therefore, they're winning. I think the only way to fight a false religion, a false dogma, is with a true religion and, and, and correct dogma. And that's our problem. Uh, Republicans, conservatives don't have the the you said it yesterday to me over the phone. We don't have the courage of our convictions. And that's why we're losing. But that's the answer. If we want to be successful and win some battles and push and and, and have a respite and have a reprieve, uh, we need to have the strength, the courage of our convictions. Dude, I'm trying to find this thing, Jerry. Um, It's a video I wanted to play for you. And I agree with you wholeheartedly, by the way. I, I, a, a video that I saw yesterday. Oh, I want to get your reaction to this. Let me see if I can find this um, of a, a situation in Portland. You know, something I'll describe it if I can't find it, unfortunately. And I want to get your take on this. And then I want to talk to you about, about pop culture stuff for a second. All right. Oh, here it is. Wait a minute. It's right here. Oh, I'm so excited. There you go. So <laughs> here's a situation. Guy is away. Guy Shepard. Guy is away for a uh, not a Guy week. Shepherd. He returned. Not Guy Shepard. Uh, he returns home um, to find that his. Oh, I saw this. I saw this. All right. Well, oh, maybe I saw it because I follow you on Twitter. So maybe I saw got it. Got it. Got Twitter. it. All right. Well, then I then I don't need to share it. I, I can describe it to you. Um. Oh, let me pause this again. Well, no. So he goes away. He goes away. He comes back and he finds that the street to his house has been blocked off in Portland, Oregon, for some right. kind of bicycle fest. And all he wants to do is go is home, get back to his house. And this Yenta is standing there. No, you can't drive down the street, or I have to walk you. You have to park here, and I have to walk you down to your house. But why walk him down to his own house? Because he couldn't drive his car down there because the street was. Well- Essentially, right in theory, he could walk himself down, right? Well, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I guess, but I, who knows? They wanted to wanted to make sure they didn't want to leave him alone and make sure he wasn't going to walk back to his truck and and do what he absolutely did. Did I these would, people have a permit to do this? I'm sure they had a permit to do it, Jerry. But but even if they had a permit, right? You know, the reality is you cannot you cannot lawfully. I mean, listen, I don't know what Portland ordinance is, and I, I don't know what Oregon state law is. But as a matter of common law, you cannot, unless there's some kind of an emergency, right? Like if there's a, a police evacuation, some kind of, sure. of emergency, yeah. you, you can't block somebody from going back. You can't prevent somebody from going back and visiting their property. So so tell me, because I didn't watch the end. What I didn't like about the video was he started to curse at this woman. Oh, yes. And I, and I thought that was what I would have done was I would have said, thank you. Have a blessed day. And I would have just drove. I, I see. I, I, I sort of I, well, I why argue. Well, no, because, well, being part of it is Jerry. He's been away for seven days. Who knows how tired he is? But the but but, you know, it's it's one of these situations where you want somebody. I understand this impulse. And this is part of what gets me in trouble on the Internet, though. I haven't had a good knockdown drag out Internet fight in a while. But you want somebody to acknowledge that what they're doing is wrong and what they're doing is is violative of your individual rights. But what you know, I would do is you yeah. could go drive your truck, park it and walk back and argue. Well, yeah, you could. You know. Here, here's my here's my here's my yes. analogy to this. 
So when I was younger, um, I didn't have patience for the, the fake tough guy. I still don't. And I remember being a kid and being stupid, but also being, you know, being in shape and strong. And I know how to yeah. fight. And, I, you know, you'd be in a, an Irish pub or a I restaurant these stories and, yeah. you know, and some schmo would bump into you and no big Hey, Sorry, sorry. Hey, you got a problem. You want to fight? My answer was always yes. Yes. Right now. Let's do it right now. I, I, that was it. I didn't because talk invariably they would back down. Of course. And yes. if they didn't, if they didn't, I hit him in the throat and it was over anyway. My point is. I didn't waste my energy arguing and saying the F word to them. Yeah, but, you know, you know? It's, yeah, I, I get it. And, and the guy lost his patience. He lost his temper. I mean, it's one of those. I get I, no, But your point, I, no, I'm stepping over your point. I apologize. No, 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 no. The no, point no, is, no. is that you and I empathize with this person's frustration. Yes. It's yes. like, like you said, like, it's like the just recognize the, you know, that you are, uh, regardless of the circumstance just, here, I have a valid Jerry and I were valid how I feel. Jerry and I were we had a conversation about the Maryland NVA yesterday. I won't get into the circumstances. Oh my goodness! But uh, I I didn't talk about this with you yesterday. But I'm reminded of a time back (laughs) in 2003. I had just moved. No, maybe I've been in Maryland for a year, but I hadn't transitioned over all of my documentation. And my wife and I went to the Landover Maryland MVA, so right outside of FedEx Field. Yeah, yeah. And, And horrible area, by the way. Well, yes. And, and horrible. And it just happened to be on the way home. And it was just, it was, it was yeah. a situation and I had to get uh, uh, my, finally get my Maryland driver's license and they would not accept my military ID as a valid form of identification. Now I'd been on the website and I looked at the website Yeah. and, and, and military ID at the time was a valid form of identification. And, and Jerry, I argued with this guy because what I didn't want to do was have to go back to the DMV. And of course, in retrospect, why was I arguing with this guy? I mean, part of it was I was in my early thirties and I didn't know. But you, also, you, you, you wanted to make, but a point. I wanted him to say, and at one point I said, this is completely arbitrary. And he said, and I quote, yes, but it's arbitrary for this location. He didn't understand what the word arbitrary meant. I said, yes, that's my point. <laughs> um, Hey, real, real quick. Um, uh, by the way, talking about the bar fight thing, I watched, they had a, a, a Clint Eastwood day on TCM the other day. Yeah. And they played every which way, but loose. I lo- when I was when I was younger, I love those movies. Yes. Right. Didn't you love those movies? I, I did. And it's it's one of those things where I hadn't seen. They haven't aged forever. well. They haven't aged well. Right. No, no, no. You know something? I think in certain ways it holds up. All right. Actually, all right good. It actually. Holds well, you up. know, what? it's funny you say that because you and I had a conversation about uh, before Maverick came out. You and, I, you and I had a conversation about Top Gun. Yes. And I, and I said Top Gun didn't age well. And you're like, no, Jerry, it did. <laughs> and and what I and, and then I took my family out. We we had a, like a family night out. We went to go see Top Gun Maverick came back and my girls hadn't seen the original. The original. Uh, so we watched we watched the original and they loved it. There you go. And so my point is, it, it right. does. It does. It, it, hey, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're right about this, too. Speaking of which, by the way, um, uh, uh, two weeks from now, Labor Day weekend, Fathom events, which is a, like they do special events in movie theaters yeah. that Labor Day weekend for the they're showing the 40th anniversary of Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. Oh, the and best, really the want- best, the of all the movies, Star Trek and Star Wars, the best one. I see. I, I'm I prefer Star Trek six, but that's a personal preference. Well, I, I and I get that. But yeah. I think I think yeah. in terms of just overall audience, that is the one that just but everyone, I want to see yeah. Star Trek two on the big screen again. 
I think that oh would my be, goodness, yeah. that would be an amazing. Have you yes. logged any time with She Wolf Attorney at Law, Jerry? She Wolf, She Hulk. No, no, She Hulk Attorney at Law. No, it looks dumb. Is it good? I haven't watched it yet. I right hear. So yeah. we're, we're the last. We're, we're closing the show down. Yeah. So, uh, again, this will alleviate some stress. So uh, uh, Terminal List, fantastic. Yes. Uh, have you seen Reacher yet? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, Reacher, fantastic. Yeah. Have you watched The Bear yet? Have not watched the bear yet. Want to watch the bear? Excellent. Watch so the bear. We're watching the old man. We're almost done with the old man, and I'm finally watching the old man. That's uh, Jeff Bridges and yeah. I haven't uh, seen it. Harry and the Hendersons, whatever that. Guy. All right, John. Let's so, um, I am watching slowly but surely the Irishman. I I I stayed up, watched that thing overnight. Once I, I remember, I, I, told I know you. I know you did, and I haven't. I never got a chance to. I'm watching it. What's really interesting is well, you tried it before and stopped. There's there's a there's a thing in there, um, with you know with with uh, the Irishman killing Crazy Joe Gallo at Umberto's Clam House. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, True story. Yeah, you haven't watched the offer yet, have you? On Paramount. No, I have it's not. The story of the Godfather. So at least in that offer and i'm sure they were taking artistic license they claim that it was the mob guys who were affiliated who were watching over the godfather that they're the ones that killed crazy joe gallo i understand that the irishman probably did it frank sheeran is that his name yeah yeah, yeah. anyway um but the point is is that the the murder of joe colombo or the shooting of joe colombo is a plot point in in both of them we haven't watched she hulk waiting for andor uh there's a new oh we watched the new um the new uh, HBO Game of Thrones thing. House I have a, of Dragon. Uh, there's a review yesterday uh, uh, up at Real Clear Books, but also at National Review. Um, uh, n- not a good review, uh, and I agree with it. Uh, 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 here's what I, I'll watch the first episode. Um, I watch. I watch bits and pieces. I can't. I can't get through the 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 blue nature of it. The, I mean, the, the, oh, the, sure. in, yeah. the incest, the sex, the, yeah, I, it's, I, it's just, I get that. but, but however it does go, he, here's what I think about the game of Thrones, but also what's called again, the law of the dragon. I, what is it? House of the dragon, house of the dragon. Yeah. Uh, and that is, is that uh, the shock value for shock value, the, the over the top sex and, and the, uh, and the, and the, the corruption it's, it's, it's now, it's now, I think, unfortunately, this is now what our culture is. I think, here's what I think. I think it's a reflection of our culture. My problem is, I just yeah. think the people look weird. <laughs> yeah, so, think- you, you know, do you like anime, by the way? No. So, my kids, so, so, two of my kids love anime. And I, and so I, I try only with anime them. Bullock, otherwise known as Tina Turner, but go ahead. Well, anyway, so, so we were on vacation and we were in between uh, the beach. Like we had to come back from the beach oh. and we we're getting reset and having some lunch, whatever. And the girls put on this anime thing and it was, I thought it was just horrible, but the characters were just over the top. And I'm like, and I, and I said, Matt, Matt, do you like this? She's like, well, dad, the dialogue stinks. And, and yeah, it's not, it's, 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 there's too many pauses and, and 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 the rest of it, but he she said, look at these characters. Wait, 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 were they, and were I get watching, that. Were they watching Miyazaki? Was it like Howl's yeah. Moving Castle? So my girls love Miyazaki, who was a famous. Maybe uh, uh, well, they were watching something where there were these islands and they were attacking, and I don't know. Oh, whatever. I don't know. Listen, for I couldn't me, tell you what they are. I, I my the limits to my anime love are Battle of yeah. the Planets, otherwise known as G Force, yeah. and and Star Blazers, both of which right. were on Channel Nine or Channel Eleven when we were growing up. 
let me let me say this in, ter- in, in terms of our uh, in terms of our cu- culture. Yeah. So uh, uh, Inside Hook, and I put it up at Real Clear Books, has a uh, interesting piece: the definitive ranking of every Goodfellas food scene. Okay, I like this. So, and also uh, from the the Smithsonian, also at Real Clear Books and Culture, the uh, the story of the uh, Peking Noodle Parlor. It's the oldest, the first still continuing the first chinese restaurant ever opened in america still uh-huh. exists today wait that's can you guess the, where i don't know the bronx it's in no 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 it's in montana oh yeah no no of course no and that's interesting you say that jerry because i have a book on this on the history of chinese food in america and oh, i've read man. about this place so, so it, yeah guys I, I, I mentioned these two things to you because i've decided that part of real clear books and culture is i'm going to do every every day where I edit, I'm going to do a foodie thing. Well, you know, I, let me know how I can help with that. Um, you, you know, you know, I want to. All right, listen, guys, we got to we're, we're, we're running short on time. Uh, Jerry, what should uh, people do? Oh, my goodness. It's getting more and more difficult. But find the truth. Plant your feet. Stand firm. God bless you. Uh, have a great week, everybody. Have fun and stay safe.